the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us. The foundation of genuine salvation is based on our belief in and application of the entire uncompromised Word of God. We must live in it, walk in it, talk in it, aid in it, love in it, stand firm in it, abide in it, and so on. All love, honor, and glory belong to God. We must continuously strive to abide in the Word of God and all that we think, say, and do. This is the true measure of genuine salvation. Listen with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander enlightens us today on how to know if we are genuinely saved. There is a real devil, and and there are many, many, millions of demons globally. Verse 14, I have written to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. Do you realize every time you overcome temptation, it makes you stronger? Did you not know that? Every time you overcome, you, every time, how many of you have been tempted? If you don't raise your hand and you're being tempted to lie and you have succumbed to lying. <laughs> We've all been tempted. But every time you get victory over the temptation, that makes you stronger in Christ. Apart from Christ, it is absolutely impossible to have victory over Satan's sin and temptation. Apart from Christ, it is impossible. Only in Christ can you have victory over Satan, victory over sin, and victory over temptation. Because John 15, 5 says, apart from him, you can do nothing. Abiding in Christ gives us the the strength to help us overcome the wicked one. You have to enjoy living out your uh, salvation experience. And when you enjoy God and intimacy with him, the closer you get to God, the more victory you'll have over the devil. When we successfully resist Satan, we win the battle over temptation. When we when we when we walk in Christ and live in him, we, we are successful. We have victory, victory over our negative thoughts, victory over pornography, alcohol, drugs, jealousy, cussing, sexual immorality, selfishness, etc. And we'll give this gives us the assurance of our salvation. Victory over sin and temptation is the sure way, the surest way to be strengthened in our faith. Every victory strengthens you in Christ. Every defeat weakens your relationship with Christ. Oh, how many people need to hear this message today so they can grow up and walk the worthy walk before our Lord. You see, another another way you can be sure of your salvation is this. We can be assured of our salvation when we no longer love the world or the things in it. 
For we no longer love the world or the things in it. John 15, 16, verses 15, 16. It says, this is 1 John chapter 2, verses 15, 16. It says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. And the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. You see, John points out that the world system uses three devices to ensnare a Christian, to ensnare Christian. Three devices. It's not 50 plus one devices Satan used to trip you. Y'all say, oh, Satan have a whole lot of ways. No, he only has three. It's, it, it, he, you say, he got a million of them? No, he don't. It's only three. You say, can you show me? Okay. Glad you asked. One way Satan tempts us is through the lust, which is the desire of the flesh. Then, it's in the passage, the lust of the eyes, it's through, it's through these, your fleshly tendencies, it's through your eye gate, and through your pride. Those are the three. You said that's it? Yeah, that's it. All, all of the evils of this society can be, be, be uh, reduced to the desires and lusts of the flesh, the lusts of the eyes, and the pride of life. That's it. He said, what? Yes. Yes. And you say, how far back does this go? All the way back to the garden. Can, can you show me? Yes. Look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. You can find Genesis in the first book. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. Satan trapped Eve in these same strategies back in the garden. As we look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, and when you find it, say amen. Watch what, watch, watch what this devil does. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, Less lust of the flesh, see? And that it was pleasant to the eyes, that's the lust of the eyes, and the tree to be desired to make one wise, that's the pride of life. She took the fruit and ate, she also gave to her husband, to her husband with her, and he ate. They fell in the garden, humanity fell, they were expelled from the garden. And thus, uh, spiritual death and uh, came and resulted ultimately in physical death and so forth and so on. Sin came into the world through Adam. That's right, because he's the federal head. Uh, Eve was deceived and they ate. But they, through those three devices, the same devices, Satan is up to his same old shenanigans. That's all I'm saying. Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. The lust of the flesh, eyes, and pride of life includes anything that appeals to our fallen nature. Satan uses the things of this world to tempt our fleshly appetites in forbidden ways to destroy our testimony and even our very lives. John chapter 10 verse 10 says, the thief who is that devil cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Finally, how can we know that we know we know we are saved without a doubt? You know that you know you know you are saved when you love the brethren. That's right. We love the brethren. First John chapter two, verses nine through 11. Look, look there, if you will. 
Verses 9 through 11 of 1 John 2, it says, He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now, and he who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walk in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. You know, you know that you're saved when you love people. For God so loved the world. In other words, for God so loved humanity that he gave his only one and only begotten son. In other words, when you love people, when you love the saints, it's a sign that you are saved. Not only should you love the saints, but you got to love sinners. Jesus came. Jesus was a friend of sinners. What scares me is that some of y'all don't like sinners. Your club is perpetually holy. You got a holy roly click. You know, the, 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 your, your, the, the newspaper boys saved, the mailman saved, the plumber saved, the dentist saved. Uh huh. Everybody come to your house saved. Everybody can walk in your house, gotta be saved. Well, then now, where's your witness if everybody around you saved? It's a danger to just insulate yourself with saved folk. Now, it's a good thing, it's a great thing. And we ought to want to be around safe folk, but when you're so insulated that you don't have a, that you can witness, then your, your, your surrounding is too inclusive. Huh? <laughs> you gotta love sinners. I know how much you love them when you can come out there with me. We do once a month. We go out and knock on these doors and tell folk about Jesus. You know, folk get saved on the street. We knock all these neighborhoods around here. God didn't put us on these 34 acres to just look cute. He put us out here on all this property to reach more folk for him. I'm going to tell you something too. Not only black folk need to save, white folk need to be saved. You got some white folk just as lost as black folk. Hispanic folk need to be saved. Asian folk need to save. Children need to be saved. Old folk need to be saved. People need the Lord. That's right. That means the church is no place for racism. That's right. In the days, the days of segregation, in segregation, that was a, that was a, that was just an atrocity when you had racism even in the church, when blacks couldn't worship together with whites in the name of God. It's a horrible thing. I was riding with one pastor, uh, this was a number of years ago. He was on an executive committee with me as the Louis Palau crusade was here back in 91. And this called my pastor friend of mine, and I called his name, his car was broken. And we get ready to leave the meeting, and he said, hey, Randa. I said, what? He said, can you take me to the church? My car's in the shop. I said, certainly. And so we were talking. He's a white pastor friend who no longer lives in the city now. He's up north. And so he said, do you realize the church you're going to as a black man did not at one time permit blacks to enter this church? When a black came into this church, they would get a taxi and taxi him to the east side. That's right. I said, what? And now I'm preaching in that very church that used to taxi folk to the east side. Tell me, tell me God ain't good. Tell me God is not good. God is breaking down barriers. You got to witness to all folk. All folk have to feel welcome here. We can't have an Afrocentric theology. Just like they can't have a white centric theology from the pulpit. The gospel is red. Everybody need to be able to hear a bloody gospel and be saved. So we should love one another because God first loved us. That's why God, out of his great mysterious love for lost humanity and Christ, who brought light and hope into a world filled with darkness, sin, hatred, which one day will pass away and be no more. 
He who says he is in the light. Oh, I'm in the light. I can see I'm saved. But live a habitual habitual lifestyle of hate is in darkness and does not know where he is going because darkness has blinded his eyes. Darkness has blinded his eyes. You're in darkness if you think you're going to heaven hating your brother. Hating for hate is never authorized uh, by a, a, a Christian. No, you, you're never authorized to hate. You love. You say you don't know what they did. Still, you can't hate. You, you know, God didn't say go hate them. He didn't say go hate. Him. He said you love the unlovable. He said you don't know my husband. Love him. You don't know my wife. Love her. That's right. Love. Love. Why does John speak so strongly against hate? We, and hate is, is rising up again all over the place. All over the place. It's not going anywhere. No, y'all, you can't legislate hate out of America and no other country. These problems are spiritual issues. You can't legislate sin out of folk. White House can't do that. The, the Bible has to clean up hate. No president can clean up hate. That's right. I'm going to tell you something else, too. A, a, a baby is not born hating. You put a black baby and a white baby and a, 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 a Asian baby together in the same house they grow up. They just as playful and love each other, defended each other. You best you better not mess with either one of them because all they know is each other. You know, hate is a learned behavior. We teach folk how to hate. It's a learned behavior. Learn. You teach that, and that's and that's and that's unhealthy. I'm going to close with this and then I'll be done. This is all you can take for now. But you, but I'm going to choke you real good before I close it. Why does John speak so strongly against hate? Those are some strong words there. I came straight from the text. Why does John speak so strongly? And I say this for the last because I want you to, I want to drive home the point of the message. Why does John speak so strongly against hate? Number one, hate breaks your relationship with God. It breaks your relationship. You can hate a person so badly that you severely damage your relationship with God. It, it takes away your prayer life, all your, your power. It, 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 it does something. It short circuit your spiritual power. Uh, number two, hate becomes an internal stumbling block or obstacle within you and with your relationship with others. You know, it, stum- it causes you to stumble. And it causes others around you to stumble. It stunts your spiritual growth, your prayer life. It weakens your Christian testimony for Christ. You got to love me. You got to love everybody. You say, but you don't know what they did to our past. Yes, I do. I know history. But you don't use that to walk in bitterness. Thank God you delivered and use it to bless folk. Huh? Amen. The atrocities of being uh, over in Africa, we were in Africa and on slave ships and coming over and how many died and others were thrown, thrown overboard and end up in islands and all that and uh, named slavery and names changed and castration and dog sick donors and hangings and all of this thing. It's an atrocious past and we need not to, to forget it because it's reality. Amen? It's reality. But the other side of it is you need to realize that we got here by the grace of God. Huh? God, you, 
In other words, let me just put it like this. God, God can use evil to bless us. <laughs> I don't get where I'm going. So what people can mean for evil, God can turn it around and, and work it for what? Good. And now God brought us over and now we're going back and we're blessing Africa because God used evil and then worked all things together for his glory and our good. God brings good out of evil. You can't stop God. All you got to do is keep praying. You see, you cause others to stumble. Number three, it destroys relationships with your family. Hate destroys relationship with your friends, your co-workers, your brothers and sisters in Christ. That's right. It destroys that. You say, well, I love all people. Oh, you do. When somebody, when is, when is a white person eating at your house? Okay. Now, you don't have to say amen. Now I know it's getting quiet. Have uh, <laughs> they ever slept in your bed? You say, no, nah, that's too personal. <laughs> Only black folk been in your house and eating in your house? Or if you're Hispanic? Or, wait a minute. I thought you liked everybody. Huh? Have they ever been in your car? Huh? Do you go to lunch with them? Huh? Let's cut to the chase. Huh? Look how quiet y'all getting. Oh, I, I told y'all I was going to choke you by the end of this message. You say, stop that, Pastor. I ain't going to stop it. True love gives. And you don't see. Listen, it is the most. Is that a certain word? I'm going to say it. It's the most stupidest thing I ever heard. Is that a word? I hope it is. It's the stupidest thing. To judge a person by the color of their skin. How stupid can you get? That is stupid is too cute. Who is responsible for the color that they are? Matter of fact, what color was Adam and Eve? God fixed it. Well, we don't even know. And I'm so glad they, they didn't put an emphasis. God didn't put an emphasis on a color because we've been taking pride in that. A man because he didn't make us that color. See, oh, God, help me preach this message. Yeah, you ought to have some white friends, some Hispanic friends, some Asian friends. You are you, you, you texting. Who are you texting? That's another race. Everybody, you, you can't be all black and think you right. And neither person can have a whole white world and think they right. Won't y'all say everybody say Amen. I need that just for to know you. You need to say, listen, if you're not doing it, you ought to still say amen to the truth. <laughs> you get so mad you can't even amen the truth. Well, I know I fall short. So if it's true, say amen. amen. You know what he does? It steals your joy. Takes your joy right on out. Takes right on out. Steals your joy. You can't sing anymore. You hung your hops on the willow. Too sad to sing. Can't change, can't shout, don't feel nothing. And wonder what's wrong with you. All that hate is clogging up your joy. uh, Number five, it makes you bitter and resentful. That's what hate does. It makes you bitter and resentful. It was George, George Papard who said, life is too short for hate. George Papard. Life is too short for hate. It makes you bitter and resentful. Number six, it puts you in a self-made prison. 
You, you imprison yourself and you can't get out. And you just, I mean, you in a prison and, uh, and you've locked yourself in by way of hate. Number seven, hate distorts your thinking and blind the eyes of many to the point that your whole life is filled with misdirection and confusion. You can hate so much that hate spirals you into confusion. You lose your sense of rationale. You lose your, Satan will drive you to insanity. Make you crazy. Folk will kill a person because of hate. Take another life. Kill a baby because of hate. Make you, hate will make, if, if, if left undone and undealt with, it will drive you to insanity. And I'm getting sick and tired of these folks. They do all this stuff and say, I was temporarily insane. Oh, you knew that. You knew exactly what you were doing. But, 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 but hate does that. And all that kind of stuff. But you're still responsible even if you were insane. That's right. Nobody told you to hold that hate. <laughs> Number eight, it brings physical illness upon you. So why sometimes y'all go to doctors and doctors can't, he can prescribe all this stuff and all that stuff. I don't, I, I'm not, I'm no doctor. I wish I'd had doctor's knowledge right now. I call every medicine under the sun that I could possibly call and none of it would help you if your issue is hate. Hate brings ulcers, makes headaches, fatigue, loss of sleep. Hate brings depression. Hate makes you act ugly. Hate makes you mean, honorary, conniving, vindictive. I mean, hate, hate, hate tears your family up, rips your children apart, make emotion. You know, we, I'm tired of these children being labeled ED, emotionally disturbed. They're not the ED. It's them parents that's ED. You got ED parents make ED kids. Put the label on the house. All that arguing and fighting and hating and cussing. And then you won't, well, my child ED. No, my child caught ED from me. (laughs) Oh, God help me preach this message. (laughs) You know what hate does? It hinders the healing process, process spiritually and physically. Your healing physically and spiritually takes longer when you hate. I don't care how much medicine you take. If you hating, it hinders the healing process. You're going to have more headaches, more migraines, more stuff wrong with you, heart palpitations, all kind of stuff, upset stomach, lumps in throats, every kind of thing. Because of hate. Hate. Hey, uh, number 10, it causes you to implode and ultimately explode to the point that you will harm, you will harm, get even or even murder the person you hate. You can hate a person so bad that you hurt yourself trying to hurt the person. Now, you know, you bad off then. You, you, you so you so carried away with with your hate until you are destroying yourself and your family, your job that you degrade yourself to work on and get fired because you lost control of yourself. Got in a fight with a degree and lost the job. It was Annan who said violent hate, violent hatred sinks us below those we hate. Hate sinks you below those you hate. You have absolutely nothing to gain from hate, but you do have everything to lose. Not one thing. 
You don't have one positive thing to gain from hate, but you have everything to lose. Everything to lose. I'll close with this. We are one in the spirit. We are one in the Lord. And we pray that our unity will one day be restored. And they will know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. We will walk with each other. We will walk hand in hand and together we'll spread the news that God is in our land. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. We will work with each other. We will work side by side and we'll guard each one's dignity and save each one's pride. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. All praise to the Father from whom all things come, and all praise to Christ Jesus, his only Son. And all praise to the Spirit who makes us one. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they will know we are Christians by our love. And all God's children said, let's pray. And Father, we thank you for this message. So much in it. This message taught us how to love, how to deal with hate, how to be open to all races. Because you made us all. We're your creation. Oh, God. Thank you that we have a message today. We heard a message that makes our salvation sure so that we won't struggle at this point and Satan takes advantage and exploit that struggle. And Father, we pray that this message would be lived out so that we walk in freedom that you called us to live in, in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Amen. The Bible tells us that there is no assurance of salvation apart from obedience to God's word, for his word alone gives us that assurance. We must trust in the Lord with all our hearts and acknowledge him in all our ways. Only then can we say we are genuinely saved. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, direction to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.